0: Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up. More banks at risk of collapsing, according to a new study. One senator now pushing for tighter regulations. As bank after bank collapses, many wonder, is my money safe? What should I do with my money? We talked to financial professionals to get their opinions. Amazon laying off thousands more workers. Why and who will be affected? A Twitter user goes viral documenting his experience starting a business by following a chatbot's instructions. How did he do it? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Good to have you with us. Don Ma here. U.S. stocks ended higher today after a deal to rescue Credit Suisse, as well as central banks' efforts to bolster confidence in the financial system, relieving investors. More on the Swiss bank merger in just a moment. The Dow rose 383 points, or 1.2%. S&P added 35 points, 0.9%, and the Nasdaq gained 45 points, or 0.4%. Banking stocks were mostly higher following sharp losses last week. Among regional banks, PacWest was up after the bank said deposit outflows had stabilized, while New York community Bancorp climbed after its unit agreed to buy deposits and loans from Signature Bank. But First Republic shares tumbled almost 50% today. J.P. Morgan Chase is reportedly leading talks with other banks to possibly invest in First Republic, according to The Wall Street Journal today. S&P Global further downgraded First Republic into junk status on Sunday, saying the recent cash infusion from large banks may not be enough. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation today decided to break up Silicon Valley Bank. The FDIC made the decision after it couldn't find a buyer for the failed bank last week. The agency will hold two separate auctions for SVB's private bank and traditional deposits unit. The news marked the beginning of the end for SVB. Parent company SVB Financial Group filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection last week. A new study says nearly 190 more banks are at risk of a Silicon Valley bank-style collapse. Meanwhile, Senator Elizabeth Warren is calling for an independent probe into the recent failures of Silicon Valley Bank and more regulation. Entities Daniel Monahan has more.
1: Researchers with the Social Science Research Network have a dire warning for U.S. banks. They say over 180 banks across the country could collapse. That is, if half of their respective uninsured depositors withdraw their funds. Unlike insured depositors, uninsured depositors stand to lose a part of their deposits if the bank fails. That potentially gives them incentives to run. According to the paper, recent declines in bank asset values very significantly increase the fragility of the U.S. banking system to such uninsured depositor runs. Meanwhile, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren is pushing for tighter banking regulations.
2: These big multi billion dollar banks loaded up on risk. They boosted their short-term profits. They gave themselves huge bonuses and big salaries, and they exploded their banks.
1: The Democratic senator sent a letter to the inspectors general of the U.S. Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve on Sunday. She is urging regulators to examine the recent management and oversight of the collapsed banks. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: With us is acclaimed economist Robert Janewski and author of the book, Rich Nation, Poor Nation. Now, Robert, uh, I was just looking at your newsletter actually, and I know you saw the study that almost 190 US banks are at risk of a SVB-like collapse. Now, my question to you is, do you agree with the picture that the study painted? Uh, What are your thoughts? Uh,
3: Yes, I I, I do agree. The, The banking system is vulnerable. It's vulnerable primarily because the Fed held interest rates down for about 14 years at artificially low levels. And a lot of people got to think that those artificially low levels were somewhere in the vicinity of where rates should be, and they made plans based on that. Now, most people didn't. I think 90 percent of the banks are probably in good shape. But there were about 10 percent of the banks that made very, very poor decisions. And we have already seen three of them fail here in the United States. So, this is spreading through the system. I expect it to continue to spread. I believe the Fed still has a very difficult time of getting inflation under control. And so they are going to be raising interest rates even more so. We have a tough period of adjustment ahead. It's going to last, I think, until at least the end of this year and possibly even further. I don't believe we're looking at another 2008 financial crisis of cascading bankruptcies. And my main reason for that is, This is different from 2008. In 2008, the Fed took 40 percent of the money out of the system, as I measure it. I mean, it was an absolute colossal mistake on the part of the Fed. This year, so far, we're in the ninth month of monetary restraint. uh, And the Federal Reserve has simply stopped creating more money. And we've seen yield curves go inverted. And we've seen a lot of the things that we would expect to see prior to a recession. And Now we're seeing the early signs of what I believe will be working through, um, cr- trying to correct some of these problems from the past 14 years.
0: Now, here's my argument to you, and I want your thoughts on this. Sure. The reason SVB collapsed is because of a, of a bank run, uh, among other things. Now, if you have a diverse uh, depositor group, then their chances of a bank run is lower. So SVB is sort of different than a lot of other banks because it did not have diverse depositors. So a lot of people thought alike. Uh, What's your response to that?
3: Well, my response is that a study that was done that I referred to in my weekly report uh, claimed that uh, they found 10 percent of the banks in the system had worse financial conditions than the SVB bank had. I I believe that apparently there are still a lot of bankers, as with the bankers at SVB, who made terrible mistakes. I mean, I was warning my clients for the past several years that when interest rates were zero, they were artificially low. And when the adjustment came, you were going to see the rates go double, triple what they were. So all your long-term bonds were going to be worth half or even a third or 25 percent of what they were worth. So you got to get away from long-term bonds. And while a lot of people agreed with that, some people just ignored this. And they got hurt terribly as a result of the rise in interest rates. To me, that was bad management. They didn't understand economics. And when people don't understand economics and their businesses fail, they should be punished for that because we don't want to give them more money to play with if they were not smart enough to see something like this coming on.
0: All right, thank you so much today, Robert. Pleasure having thank you, you on. Jeff. The weekend saw the rescue of Credit Suisse by local rival UBS. The takeover helped the market overall, but U.S. listed shares of Credit Suisse were down sharply today, while UBS group shares were up. Swiss regulators engineered a state-backed, takeover for Credit Suisse late Sunday. It's been roiled by years of scandals and recently admitted to problems with past financial reports. One law professor says watchdogs hope to limit any fallout. I
3: think there may have been hope and there may still be hope that uh, problems are somewhat unique to that institution and can be contained to that institution by an intervention that uh, targets it it specifically. but um, but I don't know uh, to what extent this will be proven true by events. Uh, you know, once a large and highly connected institution such as this uh, runs into trouble, uh, there is always a risk of contagion.
0: Analysts say the concern has now shifted to the huge losses that some investors will face as part of the takeover. Hours after the UBS takeover, the Federal Reserve and other global central banks announced a coordinated effort that they say will, quote, enhance the provision of liquidity via the standing U.S. dollar liquidity swap line arrangements. In layman's terms, they want to keep credit available for households and businesses. But some analysts still have concerns and questions. Goldman Sachs says there's a 35 percent chance of the U.S. entering a recession within the next year due to these banking problems. It's a 10 percent hike since the start of the crisis. With all these banks failing, many are worried about their money. Should you? And where should you put your money? President Joe Biden has told the country the banking system is safe and that our deposits will be there when we need them. But is that the case? Well, financial professionals we talk to generally agree with that. Business advisor Tatiana Sawyer says banks fail all the time, but it doesn't mean everyone is in danger.
2: Every year, a few banks run into this situation and there is no need to panic. Um, all of the deposits are insured uh, under twenty two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right, by FDIC. And so, your money, if it's split between several banks, or if you keep more than two hundred fifty k or whatever, it's all insured. So you're not going to lose your money. There's no need to panic.
0: Sawyer says it's good to keep your money spread out between both big banks and smaller regional banks. Smaller community banks are great because they contribute a lot to the local community, which bigger banks usually don't do. And where else can you put your money in a time like this? Forbes Wealth Management columnist and estate attorney Matthew Erskine says bonds are a good way to go.
4: For smaller amounts, you could go with savings bonds, and there are inflation-protected savings bonds. For larger amounts, you can buy directly or through a broker Treasury notes, uh, and you know, when it really boils down to it, the government's got the printing presses, presses, so they always are going to have cash to pay you back because they'll just fire up the printing presses and give you more money.
0: And for the more adventurous, stocks could still be a good option. Daniel Cedar, managing partner at Blue Chip Partners, says this is the case for people with long time horizons.
5: You can still make arguments for stocks to be a tremendous investment at, th- at these levels. Um, let's keep in mind you know, that S&P 500 is 20% off its peak from January 3rd, 2022. So, so moving forward, if you have a longer term time horizon, let's call that three, five or more years, I really believe that stocks are the place to be.
0: Cedar says there's likely to be a lot of short-term volatility, especially with uncertainty over what the Federal Reserve will do. So you would need the discipline and patience to wait that out. Another, another idea for what to do with your money, start a business. Business advisor Tatiana Sawyer says investing some money into starting a business could actually change your life.
2: There is data that shows that people who even work full-time but also have a side hustle, are happier and better workers and much more efficient at work. And not only can a side hustle bring you happiness, meaning you take take your mind off of work or whatever it is, it can also bring you some more money and uh, diversify your income as well. And that's a really good idea.
0: But investing always comes with risk. Our suggestions don't take into account your individual situation. So these ideas may or may not suit you. Moving on, can AI chatbots help you start a business? Entity Char Marshall caught up with a Twitter user who's gone viral through an experiment in starting a business using ChatGPT as his guide.
5: What is ChatGPT and generative AI? Instead of explaining it, I have a case business example showing how someone is using it.
6: You know, what if we what if flip the roles and like suddenly it's not the assistant? What if I was the assistant? Like what if I was helping it like do that thing?
5: Spoke with graphic designer Jackson Fall. He got viral attention on Twitter with over fifteen million views documenting his chatbot business experiment.
6: What if I gave it a budget of, of hundred bucks and just like saw what it did and like, you know, promised to follow its instructions to the best of my ability.
5: He's made over seven thousand and eight hundred dollars cash in hand, and one hundred and thirty dollars in revenue. He's documenting his results daily on Twitter. Most of his cash came from people buying ownership percentages of his business.
6: It's instructed me to go out and hire new humans as, as freelancers and copywriters and things to start building its websites and projects. So I'm just the, I'm just the middle man.
5: With some guiding questions and commands, a Green Gadget Guru became the business name, an affiliate marketing site making content around sustainable products, all chosen by the chatbot. Fall mentioned he appreciates the environment, but eco-friendly sustainability is not really his passion. His logo and product design created from putting chat GPT's instructions into the dolly image
6: generator. I'm really interested to see where this Twitter experiment goes. I've gotten uh, about 68,000 new followers over the last 48 hours. It's still growing. Uh, The tweet's been seen almost 20 million times. We've got this discord that's growing. and there's, there's a few more kind of new things on the horizon that I don't think I want to talk about yet, but things kind of in the, in the works uh, that are all kind of around this idea of uh, design and prompt engineering and AI and things like that. The Twitter
5: experiments turned into the $100 hustle bot Challenge. Even Crypto News website Cointelegraph is doing their own version with cryptocurrency. At the time of the story, it's made $5.59 in three days. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: Online retail giant Amazon is laying off more employees. In a memo to staff Monday, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy said 9,000 jobs will be cut. That's on top of the 18,000 they already cut earlier this year. Jassy said the fresh round of job cuts will take place in the coming weeks. And those working in the company's web services, advertising, and Twitch units will be affected. Like many tech companies that grew during the COVID-19 pandemic, the e-commerce giant is doing major cost-cutting. Just last week, Facebook parent company Meta said it was laying off an additional 10,000 workers. That's on top of the 11,000 announced late last year. Starbucks officially has a new chief executive. The Seattle coffee giant said today that Laxman Narasimhan has assumed the role of CEO. Narasimhan succeeds longtime Starbucks leader Howard Schultz. Schultz had come out of retirement to serve as interim CEO last spring. He will remain on the company's board. Narasimhan most recently served as CEO of British consumer goods company, Reckitt. Prior to that, he was a longtime executive at PepsiCo. Narasimhan is scheduled to lead Starbucks' annual meeting on Thursday. Starbucks posted record sales in its most recent quarter as interim CEO. Schultz faced a growing unionization effort at its U.S. stores. He's scheduled to testify March 29th before a Senate committee examining the company's labor record. President Biden vetoed his first bill today. He's trying to kill a Republican bill. It bans federal retirement plan managers from considering environmental or social impacts when making investment choices.
5: I just signed this veto because the legislation passed by the Congress would put at risk the retirement savings of individuals across the country. They couldn't take into consideration investments that wouldn't be impacted by climate, impacted by overpaying executives, and that's why I decided to veto it. It makes sense to veto it.
0: Biden officials argue that climate and social issues have financial impacts like lawsuits. And Republicans' investment limits could hurt retirement savings. But critics say investments based on climate and social issues allocate money based on political agendas rather than earning the best returns for savers. Republicans could try to override Biden's veto, but it appears unlikely that they have enough votes to do it. Former President Trump called for protests over the weekend. It's because he's expecting to be arrested tomorrow. Reactions spread after Trump posted about it on social media. It would be the first time in U.S. history that a former president was criminally charged. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the response.
7: Former President Trump says he expects to be arrested Tuesday in Manhattan in an investigation that alleges he paid and covered up hush money to pornographic actress Stormy Daniels during his 2016 campaign. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi reacted on Twitter, saying, No one is above the law, not even a former president of the United States. Senator Elizabeth Warren echoed that sentiment in a televised interview on Sunday. Some Republican lawmakers say the potential indictment is politically motivated. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy called it an outrageous abuse of power, and vowed to direct committees to investigate any use of federal funds that facilitate the perversion of justice by Soros-backed DAs. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted that it's how communist countries behave and predicted a landslide victory for Trump in the 2024 presidential election if indicted. An opinion Elon Musk also shared. Governor Chris Sununu says it will drastically change the paradigm going into 2024. I think it's building a lot of sympathy uh, for the former president. Trump denies the allegations and called the investigation by Democrat DA Alvin Bragg a witch
0: hunt. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Taking a break now, buddy, if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. Still to come, new apartments in the U.S. are getting smaller, according to a report. Where are they the smallest? And the weight loss market reportedly driving up demand for a diabetes drug, causing a shortage for those who need it most. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Apartments in the U.S. are shrinking, according to a report from rentcafe.com. The average size of a new apartment in 2022 was less than 900 square feet. That's about 50 square feet smaller than the average apartment a decade ago. The report says the drop in size is because of new construction with more studios and one-bedroom units. And you might think the smallest apartments are in New York City, but according to the report, the tiniest apartments are actually in Seattle, where the average apartment size is less than 700 square feet. If you're looking for a larger space, you can find that in the capital of Florida. The report says the average apartment size in Tallahassee is 1,100 square feet. And some health officials are concerned about the shortage of a prescription drug used to treat type 2 diabetes. Experts say telehealth and social media are playing a significant role in driving demand for Ozempic. Diabetes patients rely on the medication to help control their blood sugar, but Ozempic is also used for weight loss by some. It holds more than 40% of the U.S. market share of drugs that mimic an appetite-regulating hormone. Some experts believe that's also part of what's driving Ozempic's popularity. The FDA announced a shortage of Ozempic last August, noting supply of the drug will likely be strained through mid-March. For many electric vehicles, there is no way to repair or assess even slightly damaged battery packs after accidents. This can force insurance companies to write off cars with few miles, leading to higher premiums and undercutting gains from going electric. Francis McGuire reports.
4: Scratched the battery on your new electric vehicle, even slightly, then your car may be a write-off. That's because in many EVs, there is no way to fix or assess even lightly damaged battery packs. The problem has forced insurance companies to write off cars with few miles on the clock, leading to higher premiums. It also undercuts the green case for EVs if they have to be junked after any incident. Battery packs can cost tens of thousands of dollars and make up half of an EV's price tag. Both Ford and General Motors say they have made battery packs easier to repair. But market leader Tesla has taken the opposite approach with its Model Y. Experts warned its new structural battery pack has, quote, zero repairability. Tesla did not respond to a request for comment. A Reuters search of EV salvage sales in the US and Europe showed a large portion of low-mileage Teslas. Major brands like Nissan and Hyundai were also present. EVs make up a small fraction of vehicles on the road and that makes industry-wide data hard to come by. But the trend of low-mileage, zero-emission cars being written off with minor damage is growing. Insurers and experts say that Tesla and other car makers need to make changes. They want to see more repairable battery packs and third-party access to battery cell data. Otherwise, they warn, insurance premiums will just keep on going up as EV sales continue to grow.
0: Billionaire media mogul Rupert Murdoch is preparing to marry for the fifth time. The 92-year-old is engaged to 66-year-old Anne Leslie Smith. According to the New York Post, that is, Murdoch says he and Smith met at his vineyard in Bel Air, California. Now Smith is wearing a square-cut diamond solitaire and the couple plans to marry in late summer. Smith is a widow and the News Corp founder divorced his previous wife in August. Murdoch's empire includes the New York Post, along with Fox News, The Wall Street Journal, and other outlets. He has six children. And that's the latest from the NTD business team. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you here tomorrow.